the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now, here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. Haven't you already heard that I am the everlasting God? That I am the creator? And here it is. Here's the most important statement in that verse. Don't you know that my understanding is beyond your understanding? Don't you know that my knowledge is beyond your ability to fathom? So when these things happen, God is asking the question. My expectations from you, God says, as my children is, you should already know who I am. You should already know my glory. You should already know by now and have heard by now that I am the everlasting God. You should know by now that you can ask yourself until you're blue in the face, but there are things that I do that you cannot ever know because you can't fathom them. I am God. I'm everlasting. There's a great story in the Bible in Matthew chapter 8. Maybe you can turn there. I'm going to read it to you. This is about Jesus and his disciples. Great story. We've all heard it. Jesus with his disciples. Verse 23 of chapter 8. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. You know, let me point out, let me stop there. Let me point out the fact that Jesus was not in, you know, was not, you know, had nothing to do with the storm. Jesus was just allowing the natural, physical, uh, you know, characteristic of this creation. All right. I mean, he, he, he obviously was sleeping on the boat, a bad time to sleep, right? With his disciples panicking and all of that. Jesus was sleeping. Jesus wasn't worried about the storm. But obviously his disciples were, okay? Again, Jesus had nothing to do with the storm. He's just allowing the natural course of this physical universe to take place in that very moment, okay? And his disciples started panicking. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Those were the exact words in the Bible. Jesus got up. They woke him up. And Jesus knew the book of Isaiah. All right? You got to know. He knew the Old Testament. And Jesus replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? And then, it may not be recorded here, but Jesus knew Isaiah. You of little faith, he asked the question, Don't you already know? Haven't you already heard? 
that I am the everlasting God, that I rule creation, that I control this universe, that my understanding you cannot fathom. And he looked at the storm and he said, be quiet. And it was quiet. And they asked themselves, because they were amazed, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. I know who he is. He is the everlasting God. He is in their midst, and yet they were afraid. They were not complete. Completeness in life is when we look at our worries, when we look at our troubles, when we look at our dilemma, and begin to look at a God who says he is the everlasting God. That completes us. Nothing destroys our faith than, than, than the fear that comes in. What's got you worried? If you're a child of God, through faith in Jesus, you can be sure that it's part of God's wholeness process that he's performing in your life. It's part of being made complete. It's part of the conforming process. You will never look at your problems the same way again. And you and I will never look at this pandemic again the same way when we know all about the glory of God. You and I have to acknowledge His glory. Do you worship God by releasing your expectations completely in His power? And when we agree that God's understanding, we cannot fathom. We know we ask too many questions of God, you know? I know I do. You know, the, the first toothache that comes, you know, oh, is this happening? And God is asking the question, don't you already know? I'm the everlasting God. You'll never look at the problems the same way again. Never. Because you and I are being made complete by the power of God. Well, I get that, Pastor. I, I understand. He's the everlasting God. He's got all this power. And he's got everything that, that, that I would need uh, to be able to put my faith in him because of his great power. But what do I do with my problem? Okay, what do I do with the very real situation that I'm in? Well, it's a good question. And, and, and the, the, the verse doesn't really deny us that reality. But when we acknowledge the glory of God, He does the second thing. And that is, He begins to give us the experience of His kindness in the midst of our groanings. That's the second thing that happens. Look at verse uh, 29. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But God gives us an experience of His kindness in our groanings. Notice that Isaiah says, He gives strength to the weak. What is being assumed? It's assumed that we're all weak. There are weaknesses in our lives. God knows that. He assumes that even young men, we got uh, several young men in here, uh, the Bible says that you have weaknesses too. You don't think about it. <laughs> I was young once, about 14 years ago, and I thought I ruled the world. I thought I was the everlasting God. <laughs> but the moment you get that first pain from arthritis, you realize how weak you really are. When you start battling gout on top of your doubt, that's when you realize even young men grow weary. And notice Isaiah says that he increases the power of the weak. And that's God's act of kindness. He's aware that we're not strong enough to battle through life. 
You know, people have problems with Christianity because, you know, it seems like a weak kind of religious system. But it isn't. It's the strongest kind of system. Simply because we don't rely on our own strength. We rely on the power of the ruler of the universe. So don't buy into that kind of thing. God assumes that we know all about his glory. And he also knows that we are weak. That we have weaknesses. That we can't go through life fighting our problems with our own strength. And part of the wholeness process is for God to take us through these issues so that he can show his kindness to us. His loving kindness. The Old Testament word is hesed. He does that. He shows us his kindness. And he does this, this, this demonstration of his kindness in three ways. Number one, he causes us to, to have a contrite heart. He begins to deal with our hearts. You feel the kindness of God, and I feel the kindness of God in the inside of my heart. And this is how I know that God is being kind to me. He's given me a contrite heart, okay? You know, Paul says in the, in, in, in the Bible, uh, it's, the, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. He does reveal to us that we need to really abandon those things that are causing us a lot of grief. We really need to learn to hate the things that God hates. That's what it means to have a contrite heart. A heart that is uh, uh, repentant. A heart that, that says, I want to please God more than anything else. A heart that says, I hate this sin. I keep falling into the trap of this sin. But God's kindness causes us to have a certain amount of indignation against that sin. And, and, and if it offends God, it's something that breaks our hearts. As, as God's children, we got to get rid of some things in our life that really offends God. And that's what a, a contrite heart looks like. And it doesn't come from us. It's the kindness of God that gives us that kind of conviction. It's the heart of God. It's the kindness of God that gives that, the heart of man uh, that longing to, to satisfy the name of God, to satisfy the presence of God. Paul says, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Why? Because he receives the kindness of God. The kindness of God that says, I still have conviction. You still have conviction. You still feel badly about that thing. That's been going on in your life. That's the kindness of God. How would you like to be engaged in sin and not even feel bad about it? That's terrible. Yeah, I've been, I've been in those dark moments in my life and I can tell you, nothing, nothing destroys life than not recognizing the fact that God wants us uh, to, to follow His heart on certain things. The whole concept of, of receiving rewards in heaven has something to do with some of the things we're willing to give up in order to please God. That's just the reality of the Christian life. How many people you know will receive an award, will receive a trophy without winning anything? It doesn't happen. You know, I got this, this trophy for winning a golf tournament that I didn't play. That's no good. 
No, the Bible says we're going to be rewarded because of one thing. We have abandoned certain things in order to please God. And guess what? That sense of, 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 of abandonment of, of things in our life came from God's own kindness. So he's given us everything that we need to be able to live a complete life. I'm not saying we're not going to stumble, we're not going to fall. I'm not saying that at all. We're still human beings. We live in a, in a fallen world and we're all fallen people. You hear me say that many times. But there's a vast difference between saying, well, you know, I'm this way and, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. And saying to God, God, I struggle with this. Grant me repentance because I hate it. I hate this thing in my life. Second thing he does is that he gives us courage. Courage is the one thing that God gives us when we stand strong in our faith. Wholeness or completeness cannot be achieved in us without God giving us the courage to stand strong in our faith. Even the courage that we have, like the uh, contrition that we have, is God-given. Okay, It is important to God that we show courage in this life. It's important to God because courage is a sign of trust. Courage is a sign that we still have a, a reasonable, amount, reasonable amount of faith and trust in God. Don't let anything, not even the crisis that we're going through right now, get you to think that God will not help you. Don't ever think that. Don't ever give up on, on, on saying that I can go through this. That I have what it takes. Not by my own power, but by the power of God's Spirit. And thirdly, God gives us comfort. Part of God's plan of completing us, making us whole, is to comfort us in times of trouble. Not necessarily give us a way out of those trouble, but to sustain us through trouble. You see, wholeness in many people's minds, including Christian is, Christians, is that um, uh, to them, uh, comfort, comfort is the ability to withstand every single trial and problems. But that really isn't true. There are issues in life that, you know, we, we, we cannot handle on our own, really. Uh, you know, there's a certain sense of sadness. There's a certain sense of, a deep sense of anger, a deep sense of guilt, a deep sense of name it, that only the God's supernatural comfort can really, really make a difference. We will find out in time that God gives us comfort instead of solutions. That God will give us comfort instead of a way out. Because it's an opportunity for God to refine us. To refine us like gold is refined by fire. So every time we go through uh, whatever it is we're going through in life, know that part of God's completion process is to give you and I comfort. There's an old song that we, we used to sing at church when I was growing up. And the song goes like this. Uh, Some through the water... Some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. 
the precious blood of Jesus who washes away our sins makes us triumphant over them. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4, Paul says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. And finally, there's a, a, a third thing that, that, that this wholeness process provides for us. And, God, and that God uh, uses this wholeness process as an exercise to keep us growing in grace. To keep us growing in grace. Look at verse 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Underline the word renew. Renewal for those who hope in the Lord. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. The word hope in that verse is a word that carries a dual idea. Uh, it, it carries the idea of walking and waiting at the same time. Okay, It, it carries the idea of a consistent, steadfast commitment to a growing knowledge of God's grace. And what does it mean to grow in the grace of God? Well, it means we need to learn how to walk and wait at the same time. Walking with God while waiting on God. We need these two spiritual exercises to keep us growing in the grace of God. It's part of God's completeness process in our lives. It's part of God, God's process of making us whole. What does it mean to walk with God? I think we understand that. Walking with God means we serve God's purposes in spite of our circumstances. God takes priority. Walking with God uh, you know, doesn't, doesn't hinder us from anything that's going on outside of our lives. Despite of our busy lives, we dedicate a, sac a sacred time to be with the Lord. L much like what you're doing here this morning. You could be at home. You could be doing something else. But you have decided this morning that this is a sacred moment in your life. That this is part of God's process in growing you and I in grace. Part of the wholeness process. You know, you set aside everything else in order to walk with God. This is an ongoing reality with all of the followers of Jesus. We consistently engage the world with the idea of walking with God in the midst of what's going on in the world around us. We know that we are being made whole or complete when we know how to rely on God's grace and continue to serve Him regardless of what's going on. That's what it means to walk with God. But it's not all. We got to do something else while we're walking with God. And that is we need to learn how to wait on God. Now, wait, waiting on God uh, is, is circumstances per circumstances. Many of us have a daily need for God's general direction. And we have a daily need for God's specific directions in life. I mean, that's just part of the reality. Learning to wait on God is a spiritual exercise, all right? Learning to wait, waiting on the Lord. The Bible says, they that hope in the Lord will renew their strength. 
they will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. It is assumed that while we're waiting on God to do something in our lives, while we're waiting on God to answer a prayer, while we are waiting on God to remove a certain thing in our life, we are to continue to walk with Him. Okay? Uh, you know, when this pandemic hits, uh, the first thing that you hear is, hey, everybody shut down. You can't go have indoor gatherings. And God knows we follow the protocols. You guys are wearing masks. Well, some of you anyway. Don't videotape these people that are not. Right? We, 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 we social distance. We, we do everything that we can. But one thing we cannot do while we're waiting for this pandemic to go away, while we're waiting on God, is to stop worshiping God as a body of believers. So there's a reason behind why, behind why we're doing this. I didn't say this just to defy a government ordinance. I'm far from it. I'm a law-abiding citizen, just like you are. But there are certain things I will never compromise. And that is, the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves as believers. I'm sorry, those of you who are watching, this is incomplete. If you're watching us on the screen. Now, we have to do this now. We may have to do it even more. But I want you to keep in mind, we are waiting on the Lord at this moment. We're waiting for His next move. Okay? And while we're waiting on His next move, we're going to sing the songs that we sing here together. We're going to do that. It's not because we're trying to show off to people or trying to defy some ordinance. Not at all. This is a spiritual exercise. And it's part of us being made complete. And when we stay put, and when we begin to understand that we're doing this for the glory of God, God will always respond powerfully in our life. But we need to learn how to walk and wait at the same time. Years ago, I, had a, I, I was ministering at uh, Tehachapi State Prison. It's a maximum security prison. And I needed to come home after that ministry so that I can make it to church for the service. And I was, as I was driving home, I found out they, they shut down the freeway for some reason. I had forgotten. This was some years back. And, and I had to take the side streets. And I am not familiar with that area. But thank God, back in the early 2000s, they already have cell phones. So guess what? I didn't have any GPS at the time. So I called the best GPS I could ever call. And that's my wife. And I... <laughs> And I told her, I cannot drive while looking at the map, and I don't know where I'm at. I don't know where I'm going. Can you just please grab a map and just point me to where I need to go? And she did that. You know, she looked at the map, and we were on the phone, and she was saying, okay, stay on that road. Don't move. Just keep driving, keep driving. And now take that exit and all of that. And we did that until I got to the freeway, and I knew where I was going. But that's an illustration of how it is with God, you know? We got to keep on going while we're waiting for His direction. And trust me, there's nothing wrong with waiting on God. But when people begin to say, well, until God answers this thing in my life, I'm not going to do anything. Wrong. He's completing the process. He's going to take you and I through many, many, many more valleys. 
many, many more bends on the road. And He wants us to trust Him throughout the journey. Perhaps you've been praying for something. Don't stop serving while you're waiting on the Lord. Don't let anything disrupt you from walking with God while you're waiting. To the world, this is foolishness. To the world, they want to stop everything. But to us, we continue to move forward because God's wisdom says, you walk while you wait. Don't let this corona pandemic discourage discourage you from walking with God and getting connected uh, with His people. Our primary responsibility is to walk with God as He completes His work in us. Do not stop walking while you're waiting on the Lord. He promises to renew your strength and you and I will not stumble in the direction that God is leading us. Second Peter three seventeen to 18 says, Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and, fa- and fall from your secure position. But grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and forevermore. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com.